You are listening to Life Clips, episode 35. All right, everyone. I'm back. So uh, we're moving along. Uh, We're in chapter five of this book, and I know you're like, that's it. But from here on out, it's going to move really fast because really what we dissected in the first 12 eras that she said we have, we kind of really already rehashed that. So I'll sit somewhere just for a little bit. In chapter five, she basically, this entire chapter has to deal with the tribulation. So we already kind of briefly talked about that uh, last week. So on this week's episode, uh, we'll see how far we go and how we get and go from there. So um, this is this is why, uh, you know, in all honesty, guys, let, let me just take a moment and explain why I'm doing this, okay? So as you can see, I do this from my home. I am not fancy. This is not some million person YouTube channel or nor do I get that type of um, subscription on the podcast platforms. I am beyond thankful for the subscribers that I have, for the people who listen to the podcast. This is God's podcast. And if I were about me, now don't, I, I yes, I'm putting on makeup, right? My face has really uh, gotten on my nerves. You know, I'm an, I'm an honest person. I'm not going to lie to anybody. With my rosacea, um, I mean, I can zoom in on the camera and you can see, you know, the little dots and the marking. So that's part of the reason I put the makeup on at times. You know, other times I come on here raw and organic and I don't really care, you know? So um, you take me as as I am. So, you know, um, but so this podcast is not about me. It's not about Kim. It's not about life clips. It is solely about God and what he is directing me to do in the, in the state, in the climate in which we live is regarding this book and QAnon because QAnon is a movement right now that is sweeping through our nation, that is deceiving Christians uh, nationwide and even outside of America. And that's why I'm doing this. And, and the reason I'm also doing this is because they will be deceived by the Antichrist. I, I, I don't want to say that like just flippantly and like, oh, Kim, whatever. It's for real. And, and we're going to start right there in chapter five. And this is why they will be deceived. See, when you believe in falsehood and what they believe in is falsehood, they believe in no rapture. They don't believe in the tribulation. So basically every single thing in the book of Revelation, they don't believe. Like, so why do we have this book in the Bible? It's not for you to cherry pick. It's not for you to decide what is true. It is to write notes, to see what is happening. It is to rightly divide God's word, to get in there and get into the meat. And if you don't understand something, you, I don't think I hit something. Um, If you don't understand something, then you go to the rest of God's word to have God's word help you understand that. You just don't flippantly just make up your mind of what revelation is or is not. It's a severe book that if you add or take away, and I'm not going to stop saying that, you know, I mean, the plagues herein, that's going to be added to you even more. That should scare you. It should scare anybody. So with that being said, we are going to dive into chapter five. And, And this is why I'm doing this, is because they are bound by deception. Again, fine, be a patriot. Vote for Trump. Love America. 
That's great. Hats off to you. But I'm telling you right now, you cannot put the Bible and Q together. They are not a Christian organization. They are a deceptive movement used right now by the devil to rein you in and to take away your blessed hope. So there is a a rapture. There is a tribulation. There is an antichrist. There is a false prophet. There are seals, trumpets, and bowls. There are two witnesses. There are angels. There are 144,000 Jewish virgin men evangelists around the world. There is a millennial reign of Christ. There is a great white throne judgment, and there will be a new heaven, a new earth, and a new Jerusalem. So again, we're not sitting here with the tribulation because we already went into that last week, but this is why they will have a grand deception. And I'm going to quote, and this should rock you to the core like it did me when I first read it. And she says, and I quote, that false teaching comes in large part, she's talking about the tribulation, in large part from a faulty interpretation of Daniel 9.27. So what we're going to do, okay, I'm not going to use her version. I don't even know which version she's using. Now I'm going to go to Daniel. It's funny that I actually just turned to that. That was rare. Clearly, it's a worn out part of my King James Bible. So we're going to read Daniel 9, verse 27. And it says, And he shall confirm the the covenant with many for one week. And in the midst of the week, he shall cause the sacrifice and the oblation to cease. Oblation, I guess. I don't know. Usually I ask Google to help me out. I had a friend that told me the other day that I was smart. I'm like, I'm so not smart. And that proves I'm not smart. And for the overspreading of abominations, he shall make it desolate, even unto the consummation, and that determined shall be poured upon the desolate. In case nobody understood that. So let's also read this from Daniel 9. I mean, read this from the NASB. Daniel 9, verse 27. And he said, and it says, and he will make a firm covenant with many for one week. But in the middle of the week, he will put a stop to sacrifice and grain offering. And on the wing of abomination will come one who makes desolate, even until a completed, a complete destruction, one that is decreed is poured out on the one who makes desolate. Okay, so what that means is this person, this Antichrist is going to come on the scene and he's going to confirm, make greater a covenant with many Israel and their nations for one week. Um, That week means seven years. And then in the midst, so in the middle of that seven-year period, he will cause, so that means he will stop the sacrifice, um, what they were doing, so the, the sacrifice and the grain offering. So basically, the first three and a half years, this Antichrist is going to allow the Jewish people to have their temple to perform like they did in the Old Testament. The sacrifices, the killing of the animals, blah, 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 blah. Then in the middle of that seven week, right, he's going to break the peace treaty that he is going to confirm. So he's breaking it. Now the devil has already incarnated this man. So he will break that covenant. And at that point is when he goes into the temple and he desecrates the temple 
and he professes to be God. So it's at that precise moment that the Jews flee. That's why now we go back to Matthew 24 when Jesus is telling the Jewish people, not the church, don't look back, run, go up to the mountains. Don't, if you're on the rooftop, just go, <laughs> just leave and pray that your flight not be in winter. That's what Matthew 24 is regarding. So if you keep it parallel, Matthew 24 is parallel to Revelation. Matthew 24 has nothing to do with the church. Okay, so that's what this that's what Daniel 9, 27 is about. It's about the Antichrist coming on the scene. And this is where their deception will come in. So she quotes 927, and then she says, the modern, and I quote, the modern teaching is that the Antichrist is the one spoken of in verse 27 and who will confirm a covenant with many for one week and then she even put in parentheses seven years so clearly this woman has heard truth she just has allowed the enemy to lie to her now and then she says i strongly disagree the lord this is what she says and this is where deception will come in and this is why i am telling you this is why they will be deceived that the antichrist is actually jesus and man, that should scare them. Let's take a quick break. Everyone is podcasting these days. If this is something you want to do or you're already doing it, I would recommend using Buzzsprout. Buzzsprout has tons of guides to help you find the right equipment at the right price. I currently use the Blue Yeti. Buzzsprout is an extremely user-friendly platform, and I could not be happier with their services. There are so many things that this site allows you to do, from your show being listed on every major podcast platform, to the audio player that you can use seamlessly on your websites, to the detailed analytics of what we, come on guys, the podcasters want to see. Don't lie, I know you look at that too. We want to know who was listening, where they're listening, how long they're listening. There are zero hassles because Buzzsprout provides these tools and more to help promote our podcasts. Fellow podcasters, do we not work hard? Well, I am here to tell you that Buzzsprout works even harder to make our podcasts stream streamlessly. Yes, I know that's not a word. If you want to join a company that already has over 100,000 podcasters, click the link and let Buzzsprout know that we sent you. This will get you a $20 credit if you sign up for a paid plan. And in addition, of course, it'll help support our show. Don't delay. Start Buzzsprouting today. I strongly disagree. That's nice. I care less if you disagree with me. You're not disagreeing with me. You're disagreeing with God and his holy word. The Lord Jesus is the one in this verse who confirms the covenant with his people. She's not talking about the Jews here, though, God. God, guys, she is talking about the Anons, the ones who will do battle with the new world order. Let me repeat that. She says, and I quote, the Lord Jesus is the one in this verse who confirms the covenant with his people. 
Wow. Then she goes on into uh, these numbers and numerology. And um, as I put on there, that's why I brought in New Age, guys. They believe in biblical numerology. There is no such thing as biblical numerology. If you ever heard of the guy, uh, Scotty Clark, a uh, gentleman, he just passed away, Alan Horvath. Um, I really pray he was right. He also brought in like the Gospel of Enoch and all of those uh, fake Gospels. Um, and I disagreed with him one time and he didn't like what I had to say. But anyway, um, he, he was big in that biblical numerology. There's no such thing as biblical numerology. We're not supposed to sit around and calculate stars and moons and Saturn and all this other stuff. So again, she says, and she's talking about what we just read in Daniel 27, 9:27, and I quote, this is the verse that is interpreted by mainstream teachers, that the Antichrist will confirm a covenant or a treaty with many, which will usher in a seven-year cataclysmic nuclear holocaust tribulation. She said that is false. And this is why she says it's false. And I quote, a covenant is an agreement between two or more persons. You can make a covenant with countries, sweetie. What agreement has he made with us? See how when you twist, you have to add more into your lie for your lie to make sense. And then she continues. He promised that at the end of the age, and she puts in parentheses, 2000 year period. Okay. He would rule the earth and kick out the beast and the false prophet. Well, how might he confirm this? Maybe, and then she puts on here, the great awakening of humanity. No, Melissa. <laughs> That's not what happens. So anyway, then she goes on. And again, I I'm not going to read about that, but she talks about the great awakening. And this is what I want to read really quick. Um, and then we'll move on to the next chapter. Yay. And then she talks about, again, she's reverting back now to uh, verse 27 of Daniel 9. And, and if you notice here, she can't really say anything else regarding the tribulation because the, the Bible is replete that this day will happen. She read this part in Daniel 27 that I read where it said, and in the midst of the week, he shall cause the sacrifice and the oblation to cease or the grain offering to cease. Meaning, again, as we just said, the Antichrist will desecrate the temple, claim that he is God, and that's when the Jews will flee to the mountains and um, all of that will cease. That's what that means. That's what this verse is talking about. But according to Melissa and the Anons, it means that before the Great Awakening, and then I quote, she says, I had no idea about the horrifying ritual sacrifices and satanic worship going on underneath our feet. I thought this verse was talking about stopping the sacrifices and worship in Jerusalem. See, again, she had truth. The devil has now deceived her of truth, and she's now believing a really, really heretical lie. And then she says, okay, so I thought this verse was talking about stopping the sacrifices and worship in Jerusalem when the temple was destroyed in AD 70. But do you want to know what I think this verse is referring to? Yes, Melissa, we do. That's why we're doing this podcast. When it's the midst of middle of the week. She said three and one half years. So she she actually does believe, I guess, that the week is seven years. And so, yeah, that would be right. What happened 
three and a half years after the Great Awakening began at the Feast of Trumpets. And again, that's why I didn't get into all this numerology, but she went into that. There you go. Right. Pages upon pages. And it even gets worse. And that's why we really are almost done because this a big chunk of this book is stars and numerology. And I can care less because that's not biblical. But anyway, um, so she said, okay, what happened three and a half years after the Great Awakening began at the Feast of Trumpets, October 2nd, 2017. The children in the underground tunnels were rescued and the ritual sacrifices and satanic worship were stopped worldwide. And this is why they are obsessed with President Trump. With our president giving us clues like, there is light at the end of the tunnel. That's a very vague statement, but they have to read more into it. We feel confident this is true. Our Lord Jesus caused the satanic ritual and oblation to cease. Praise the Lord. No, Melissa. No. So um, in chapter six, which we are not going to dissect into at all, she uh, gives uh, right there, revelation tips. Yeah, we're just going to skip that chapter. So chapter seven, she talks about Revelation's seven stars. There is a typo in the book. She puts in here Revelation chapter one, verse nine, but it's actually verse seven. So again, a lot of typos in this book, a lot of mess ups. Um, so it always just took me a while to be like, what is she talking about? So apparently the Great Awakening uh, rushed her to put out the book as well. So I'm going to read from the King James and Revelation 1-7 says, Behold, he, talking about Jesus, cometh with the clouds. This is pertaining to his second coming. And every eye shall see him. See how that's different from the rapture. On the rapture, we go up in the air to meet the Lord in the air. Nobody sees him but the church. At the second coming, everyone will see him. Hallelujah. I can't wait for that day. Um, so every eye shall see him and they also which pierced him. Who is he talking about? The Jewish people. And all kindreds of the earth shall wail because of him. Even so, amen. When we read that, Melissa, you might wail. Because you're going to remember that crazy girl on a podcast who called you out for your nonsense. And the moment that Jesus, the real Jesus, not the one that you've been deceived by called the Antichrist, comes down, behold, with clouds, you're going to be like, it's too late. I'm wailing because I know where I'm ending up. So <clears throat> she goes into uh, what clouds mean, as I said before, and that's why I brought that up, that clouds is a symbolic term for coming in great power. For those of us who love his appearing, she quotes 2 Timothy 4, we say even so come. She says here, and I quote, I'm not really trying to write a book specifically explaining the book of Revelation. I don't want to get bogged down with identifying each and every detail. Of course she doesn't because she doesn't understand them all. So I will just give a brief summary of the first six chapters of the book of Revelation. And we can focus our attention on the great awakening and casting the beast and false prophet into the abyss. The reason she's only doing that is because she doesn't have any clue about the rest, because she doesn't know how to rightly divide God's word. We read about in Revelation chapter one, right, the description of Jesus and what he is carrying and what all of this means. So when he is talking about the seven stars that are in his hands, he, I'm trying to find the verse, so give me one second. 
Okay, so she talks about the seven stars, and again, they believe in biblical numerology. So we're going to read where she's getting this from, and we will properly exegete this little passage. And again, there will be videos today, and you will hear from yourself exactly what Revelation is all about. So in Revelation chapter 1, verses 12 through 16, it is a description of Jesus. Okay, what he will look like, what he is clothed with. So his head and his hairs were like wool, as white as snow, and his eyes were as a flame of fire, and his feet like unto fine brass, as if they burned in a furnace, and his voice the sound of many waters. So here in verse 16, it's how she misinterprets this. It says, and because she thinks, remember, Revelation is nothing but symbolic mumbo jumbo. And he had in his right hand seven stars. So the seven stars are simply the angels, i.e. the pastors, to the seven churches that we read about in Revelation chapter 2 and chapter 3. So he had in his right hand seven stars, and out of his mouth went a sharp two-edged sword. Doesn't that sound familiar? And his countenance was as the sun shineth in his strength. And that's why we don't need the sun anymore when he comes and rules and reigns and in the new heaven and the new earth and the new Jerusalem because his brightness is as bright as the sun. And then John in the rest of that chapter one, he talks about falling dead at Jesus' feet. And then as we heard in Pastor JD, I believe that was Wednesday's episode, when in verse 19, it gives you the outline, Melissa, hear this, it gives you the outline of the book of Revelation that you say is symbolic and is not in chronological order. Write these things which thou hast seen, that means the things that he's physically seen, and the things which are, that's current, right? And the things which shall be here after past. So that's past, present, and future. That's what the stars are. So, <clears throat> um, ooh, totally went to the wrong one. I have a fan on, so it kind of took the book somewhere else. So anyway, um, she says the seven stars, and I quote, which we will see in later chapters, represent the church, which are meant to light the world. So she kind of got that right, right? But it's the pastors of the church, the messengers, the angels. And then... Um, she said, check out in the picture below the seven churches in Asia Minor, which is modern-day Turkey. And then she says here, notice how the seven churches form the very shape as whatever that is, I have Palladius, in the heart of Taurus, the bull. Girl can't even get nothing right. And then she says, Jesus coming on a rampage to destroy the New World Order Beast. I don't think it's a coincidence that the seven churches of Revelation form the shape of Pleiades, and again, I, I'm not saying that right, P-L-E, Pleiades, 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 P-L-E-I-A-D-E-S, in Taurus's heart. How cool is that? It's not cool because it's not biblical. So anyway, um, so she talks about that for a little bit, and then, <clears throat> um, again, this is where deception comes in. So And I highlight stuff, so that's when I flip through the page and I see the highlight. So she says here uh, that Christ, as we know, I will write upon him my new name. So she says, 
he will write on us his new name. Wonder what that name is. I think I know. I'm not saying yet. Okay, Melissa. So you're the only one who knows. So anyway, <clears throat> since she goes in um, more about that, which we're not going to read because it doesn't make sense. I won't even waste your time. So chapter eight, she talks about conquering horses. So um, the white horse represents the fake Christ, the Antichrist, who claims to be the champion of the people, but is actually conquering the unsuspected masses. She literally is saying who the Antichrist is, and that's who he is, and she will be part of the masses. He's not conquering them at first, remember? Even though he comes on a horse, right? He has a bow, but he has no arrows. Sorry, I was waiting for my mic. He has a bow, but he has no arrows. So he's coming to conquer, but with peace, the first half. Why do you think that description is so important? Then she... um and then she goes on to say about the second horse, war is a huge moneymaker for the new world order. That is not what the second horse is about. As I said previously, I believe it has to do with Ezekiel 38. Then she says the black horse brings starvation and deprivation. And uh, so the economy will crash, but she doesn't see it that way. This is what she says. Think central bank. Are you thinking central bank, central, central banks with me? Okay. Monopoly money, taxes, and theft of a nation's sources. The New World Order certainly does not need our assets. They actually take pleasure in our suffering. So, so no, Melissa, the reason the Black Horse is bringing economic destruction is because you see this little thing that you don't agree with. It's called the rapture. The rapture happens. Okay? So we're already in a really strange place right now with this whole COVID pandemic, right? So we're already in this strange spot. We have to wear masks and we have to do this and we have to do that. And the government is dictating what can open and close and where to vote, and not vote. And so they're already kind of setting the stage to what the tribulation is going to be. Of course, the tribulation is going to be a grander scale. We are seeing this taking place. So the, the rapture will definitely decimate the economy. Do you not think? I mean, I know you don't believe in it. And all of you giving me a thumbs down don't believe in it. But there is coming a day when I'm going to be snatched out of here. God will violently remove me from earth. And then we'll deal with the planet and the lawlessness and the evil and the violence. But not through the new world order. Who opens the seals, Melissa? You're, you're not even answering the very first question. Jesus breaks the seals. Not you, not I, not the church. Jesus breaks the seals. So therefore, the tribulation is God's judgment on a sinful humanity. The tribulation is for the salvation of the Jewish nation. So millions of people disappear. That's exactly why, exactly why the economy will literally crash. No food, no water, no nothing. But you say it's this? And then finally, she talks about the pale horse. It's brought untold misery and death in more ways than I can enumerate. We are all crying out with a loud voice, how long, Lord? And then I quote again, I think the earthquake is more about exposing their crimes. Okay, since she goes into the earth uh, with the sixth seal, um, the great earthquake is what she's saying. Sorry, I guess I should have read that. So she says, I think the earthquake is more about exposing the crimes rather than a physical geological earthquake. 
Blood moons and eclipses are warning signs to the new world order, like flashing lights in the heavens. No. Just take a look at how many we have had recently, and then she gives us more signs right here. Shimo. Oh, she mentions the Jewish holidays. It's funny. You don't recognize the Jewish people, but you want to recognize their holidays, including the Feast of Trumpets. Did Scotty Clark help you read this book, write this book? <clears throat> so anyway, um, then in verse 14 of Revelation that she's reading from, sorry, I guess I should have told you where Crazy Nut was reading from. Um, so in Revelation 6, verse 13, it says, The stars of heaven fell unto earth, even as a fig tree cast her untimely figs. Um, when she is shaken out of a mighty wind, and then she says it sounds like the movie stars. The rich and famous dropping like figs. Okay. Verse 14, heaven departed as a scroll when it is rolled together, and every mountain and island were moved out of their places. Again, she thinks everything is symbolic. So when you think that way, you have no idea what Revelation is about. And she literally says, chemtrails look a lot like scrolls rolled together. They do? Okay. The mountains represent the powerful. The islands represent the weak. They're all being shaken to their core as their crimes are being exposed. Then she dissects 15 through 17. And then she says, uh, only the righteous will stand. The Satan worshipers will fall like a stone. Wow. Absolutely. Wow. Hi, Rich here. The Bible teaches that there's a short season of time coming in the near future that will last for seven years. It's called the Great Tribulation. Jesus taught about it. So did the Apostle Paul. Much of the book of Revelation writes about it. And there are sections from the prophet Daniel that also address this. So today I would like to overview a few main points of the Great Tribulation. There have been some very dark moments in the history of the world, but this seven-year time of trouble will be something worse than the world has ever seen. Jesus says, There will be great distress, unequaled from the beginning of the world until now, and never to be equaled again. If those days had not been cut short, no one would survive. The prophet Daniel says, there will be a time of great distress, such as has not happened from the beginning of nations until then. In the prophet Daniel, chapter 9, verses 24 to 27, the Lord said that from the time the Jews returned to rebuild their city, Jerusalem, until the Messiah was crucified, there would be 483 years. There would then remain another seven-year time of trouble before the Messiah returned to set up his kingdom. So this is where we get the seven-year period of time from. No, we are not in the seven-year time of trouble, but we can see that the stage is being set. There's an increase in violence, in wars, in disease and famine, earthquakes around the world. Israel has returned to their land in 1948, and there's a need for someone to come to barter a political, religious, economic peace to our world that's on the brink of global warfare. The seven-year time of trouble begins with the resurrection of the church. Then, a man called the Antichrist will rise to power on the world stage. The Bible says he is empowered by Satan himself. 
and although the world will continue to increase in turmoil and war, he will be able to negotiate a peace treaty between Israel and the nations. He will also set up an economic system whereby you must have a mark on your forehead or hand in order to buy or sell anything. And once a person does this, they will be giving their allegiance and destiny to him. Three and a half years into the seven years of trouble, the Antichrist will invade Jerusalem and break the peace treaty. Many Jews will escape to Jordan for safety. At that time, the Antichrist, empowered by Satan, will enter the temple in Jerusalem and set up an idol expecting that the world will worship him. From that middle point of three and a half years, the increase in earthquakes, famines, diseases, and war activity intensifies to such a level that a large portion of the world's population will die. Like Jesus said, if those days had not been cut short, no one would survive. But those days are cut short by the coming of Jesus Christ. He comes down from heaven in power and glory, defeats the Antichrist, and destroys him and his kingdom, and sets up his kingdom on earth. Remember, these seven years of trouble will be followed by 1,000 years of the world's greatest peace. Jesus promised us that he would return at any moment, call us to meet him in the clouds, give us a new resurrection body, and save us from these troubles coming upon the whole world. Be blessed. So, hey, everyone. Thank you so much for joining us on this week's episode. As always, I trust that you enjoyed it. And if you did, I ask that you subscribe right here to this YouTube channel. Or if you're listening to us on a podcast platform like Apple, Google, Spotify, we've added two new ones, Pandora and Amazon. Please go ahead and subscribe there as well. I think on platforms, uh, I think like Pandora, it's called Collect. So whatever option it's giving you to make sure that you follow our podcast, just select that option. And it's twofold. Honestly, it kind of garners how many listeners we're getting and who's subscribing to that channel. And it's also going to help you be notified when we upload a new episode. So Life Clips is kind of moving. It's morphing into something a little bit more than what we started just because of the nature of the world in which we're living right now. So with that being said, I don't know if I'm going to continue to upload every Friday. I may increase that to two or maybe even three times a week. So with that being said, if you want to be notified, you need to subscribe. You need to subscribe and it's free on everything. Anything that you subscribe on is free, both YouTube and also the podcast. Please, if you want to be on this podcast, I welcome anybody, and I mean anybody on this podcast. You can email us at lifeclipspodcast at gmail.com. Again, that is lifeclipspodcast at gmail.com. You can also, if it's easier, Facebook message us. So we are on Facebook and Instagram at Life Clips Podcast. All one word, Life Clips Podcast. Also, in case you want to find us, if you're listening to the podcast and you want to find us on YouTube, we are Life Clips Podcast. Yes, but Life Clips is one word. So please make sure that you note that. Life Clips is one word. Um, so what else? I think that's it, right? So anyway, with all that being said, I'm going to save the best for last. And as always, when I end my podcast, it's the most important news that you'll ever hear. It's the most encouragement a Christian will ever hear. And one day we will get to see. So look up 
for our redemption is drawing near.